Happy holidays. Thank you for listening to this, The Human Santipede, an incomparable classic. Just a reminder, you can listen to this and pretty much every other incomparable episode ad-free, plus a whole bunch of other things, by becoming a member. And uh, then you don't have to listen to all the ads that we put in the regular part of the podcast. Go to theincomparable.com slash members to learn more. The Incomparable, number 173, December 2010. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell, and it's still the holidays, and we're going to talk about holiday music, uh, which I know is a little bit of a departure for me, but I think this should be a fun holiday topic. You'll be the judge of whether it was actually fun as you listen. I have a very nice collection of people here to talk about uh, holiday music, things we like, things we don't like. And uh, to get it all started, I want to welcome Monty Ashley. Hi, Monty. Hi. Are you having a holly jolly Christmas? I set up a tree yesterday, but I got a bigger tree than I have ornaments for it, so it's really kind of sparse right now. Do you have holly? No. Do you have jolly? <laughs> yes. Okay, halfway there. Just get some holly and you're good. You're you're set. Steve Lutz is also here. Hi, Steve. Hey, Jason. Uh, yes, I'm here and I'm ill-prepared and bringing nothing to the table as usual. Well, good. We'll get more letters then, so that's excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Ugh. I feel lonely when people don't write in and tell me how you've ruined the podcast, so thank you. Maybe next time you'll get a Christmas card to that effect. I can only hope. <laughs> Erica Ensign is back. We only receive letters praising her presence on the podcast. Hi, Erica. Aw, <laughs> oh, shucks. You're like Hi. the anti-Steve. <laughs> oh, no. And we're on the same podcast together. Shouldn't things be exploding? Well, no, we just keep things evened out. Give it time. That works. David Lore is also here. Hi, David. Hello there. Holly and Jolly. Uh, and Ivy, too. Wow. Holly Jolly would eat Ivy, too, wouldn't you? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> not a wow. holiday. Yeah. And Tippecanoe and Tyler. Wait a second. That has nothing to do with the holidays. 4440 or Fight. Mary's Dotes and Little Lands eat Ivy. Uh, that voice you heard is Lisa Schmeiser, who's also here. Hi, Lisa. Hi there. And she has bells. <laughs> I did. I brought my jingle She's bells. She's <laughs> here with bells on. Somebody, yeah, somebody may wrestle the bells <laughs> away from her later. But for now, she has the bells. And and Philip Michaels joins us, our the world's foremost expert on holiday music. Mm. I, I wouldn't say that. I, I, no, I, neither I, would I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I noticed that I'm also only on the podcast when there are 12,000 other people. What's up with that? I can carry a show, you know. You're magnetic. We just yeah. we feel we must be here when you're here. <laughs> Mr. Michaels will now spend the next 20 minutes discoursing on holiday music by himself. Yeah. And we'll just listen. <laughs> We're just here to listen, man. Mm-hmm. Also, you're here to balance out Steve. So, you know. Yeah. No, I feel like when I'm when Phil's on the podcast, I don't actually have to say much because he'll carry the weight. I, I would like letter writers of the future to know that I have two pages full of notes Wow, for tonight's uh, podcast. It's true, he does. So you're really counterbalancing me, who has, is ill-prepared. But I have no Holly because she's split, man. <laughs> well, Fair I enough. have notes and my uh, Twitter handle has Holly in it, so. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, point to Erica. All right, fair (laughs) enough. Yes! But this is the holiday season. It's not about who wins or who loses, and we know Steve's going to lose, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) So, uh, Steve, star of Skin Flint, colon, uh, Country Christmas Carol. That's me. Refer to our previous episode for more information about that. And you can write letters if you like. Anyway, so holiday music. There's so much in holiday music, so much good, 
so much terrible. I thought maybe we would start on the on the uh, on the positive side and talk about what makes us like holiday music and the things about it that we actually like. Um, but I, I suppose, as always, I should ask, especially for those who have many pages of notes, if anyone has any opening remarks, John Syracuse style, <laughs> this would be a good time. I I guess I have a mixed relationship with holiday music. Some of it, as you say, I like. Although the stuff that I like is, and I'm sure this is fairly typical of everyone else on the line. The stuff I like is the the stuff that is is particular to my my personal taste. I I like bluesy and 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 country and and sad music. And so the holiday music I like tends to be bluesy and country and sad. What I don't really care for is the just by way of background here in San Francisco we have a radio station K O I T K O I T yes mm-hmm. that that um the day after Thanksgiving the day of Thanksgiving right on Thanksgiving this year they did it the day before Thanksgiving their their shtick is that they play nothing but Christmas music. A month's worth of Christmas music. Mm -hmm. But their playlist is like 24 songs. Yeah, because (laughs) the problem with stations like Coit or or your local Mega Mall or or, or anything is that... Wash FM for people who might be living in Washington, D.C. does the same thing. So now we've covered two cities. Are there any other radio stations (laughs) in this country that play radio? Let's collect them all. Let me Google that for you. Okay, you you Google that and I'll keep talking. Louisville has one too. And they started the day before Thanksgiving. So this is a scourge that crosses the country, perhaps yes. the world. And and what you want when you're when you're picking holiday music for a mass market, you want things that are peppy and up and happy and don't really mention God too much because that might put people off. And mention lots of snow, even if you're living in a portion of the country that if it snows on Christmas, it's a sign of the apocalypse. Something right. has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> or if you're Australian. Frankly. Right. Somewhere Australia is always burning. So if the snow comes on, it's a Christmas miracle. I understand the beds are burning quite frequently down there. <laughs> the if, time if... has come, fellas. <laughs> They're passionate people. It's our midnight oil episode <laughs> yes. all of a sudden. I don't know how that happened. Wow. This took an unexpected turn there. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, a lot of the Christmas music out there is quite terrible. And for a while, I collected it until I came to my senses. And, and now uh, it's allowed me to seek out things I actually like. So that there are, um, uh, you know, a couple dozen songs. I I have a playlist of twenty four songs too, Lisa, and um, mm-hmm. and except they're things that I like, and not like um, Neil Diamond doing his Christmas album as it was a few years ago. I I really love that Neil Diamond sings the hell out of Christmas carols. So well, it's like, and and this is the because you can practically hear him thinking, "Come on, bank account." <laughs> well, and and this is the other thing about about a lot of Christmas music. It is clearly a cash grab. It is oh, clearly yes. someone came mm-hmm. to to. To the the the, uh, the 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 superstar of the day or the 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 fading legend and said, "Hey hey baby, love what you're doing, but uh, you better you better crank out a Christmas album because uh, uh, people people will buy it." And I thought this was going to start in the positive, and it's totally mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on. I think it's going to stay here, quite frankly. Parts of people's brains are are disconnected, I think, when it comes to buying Christmas music versus other music. It's like, oh, it's ho- the holidays. Uh, what? You mean Mariah Carey has a Christmas album? She has more than one? Uh, I'll buy them all! And and then, like, logic escapes you, and you're like, it's the holiday season, yay! And then you, you ask yourself, oh God, what have I done? <laughs> I have found that I am the opposite of that. I was, uh, I was doing a little research for today, because Weezer actually has a couple of Christmas songs that I like, so I was trying to find them, and it turns out they did an entire Christmas album, but the Christmas album is just them doing Christmas carols. So I, I looked at the song list and immediately went, I do not want that. I will not be no. buying it. No. <laughs> Research, Steve. People actually do it. What I found with my own Christmas carols is if I have a strong sentimental attachment to the song because I, spe- I associate with a really specific event or, or, or time in my life, 
it doesn't matter that it's bad. Um, and I think perhaps the best example of this, and this also shows how old I am, is I'm a huge sucker for band for, for the Band-Aid Do They Know It's Christmas. Oh, oh no. <laughs> you know, And I can't help it, but it comes on and all of a sudden I'm singing along with everyone. I'm like, no, you, Paul Young. No, oh, you, Sting. No, Lisa, you. there will be no snow in Africa this Christmas. Yes. Yeah, yeah, have you ever sat down and, and dissected the lyrics of Do They Know It's Christmas? There's nothing wrong with the clanging chimes of doom, okay? The lyrics make no sense whatsoever, and, and but I can just remember being in seventh grade and watching the video with like a thousand of my closest girlfriends and all of us like passing out in excitement over watching George Michael or Simon Laban or what have you. And so every time I hear that song, there's that little bit of adolescent rush when the boundaries of your Christmas are just beginning to expand from family to, you know, your wider community, to your to your girlfriends, to the to George Michael. Christmas rituals you have with yep. your friends and fa- your friends. And you haven't yet learned about gay men. <laughs> you <laughs> so know. you're still excited to see George <laughs> oh Michael. God. And well, boy, George. I was never I was a big a, George Michael the Georges fan. I prefer Duran Duran. But, but no, like, I know, objectively speaking, I know the song is terrible. Objectively speaking, it's really embarrassing every time I sing along with Bono. Well, tonight, thank God it's them. And yet, every time it comes on, I am belling along at the top of my lungs in the car. Uh, how can you even do that? There's no melody to the song. It just kind of meanders here and there. That makes it easy. For those of us with limited musical talent, having no melody is probably a gift. So. I'm on Lisa's <laughs> side. I'm a big fan of Do They Know It's Christmas. It's the dumbest song on the planet, and yet I really like it. <laughs> I came into that song already a fan of Bob Geldof because I love the Boomtown Rats. I was excited that he was getting some more public exposure, and then he became super famous, and it was less fun. Although the version of Do They Know It's Christmas I have on my Christmas playlist is actually by the comedy Death Ray Choir from the podcast Comedy Death Ray. Uh-huh, yes. So it's got things like Brian Posehn and Doug Benson. Oh, wow. Really, the only musical thing to re- recommend that version is the one line that Garfunkel and Oates do. There's also Weird Al on it. <laughs> the version that I have on my playlist is by the Custard Kings, and it mashes up that and Snoopy's Christmas, and it's called Do They Know It's Snoopy's Christmas. <laughs> Why have you not played this? I've played that for we you. We live under the same roof. Every year I, I play it for you, and you block it out because you're like waiting for Simon LeBon to show up and take you away from all this. <laughs> I feel like we're just guest stars on the Phil and Lisa podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is the best Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Martha, I... <laughs> Martha, I played the song for you. You have ugly talents, Martha. Quiet, Martha. Martha, stop laughing. Oh my god! I'm just imagining how much editing I have to do now. Wow, this is amazing. I'm deliberately trying to laugh away from the microphone because I didn't want to break. It doesn't matter. Microphone's here. All it's going to be a long night. Can we all agree that uh, Vince? Geraldi's Charlie Brown soundtrack is classic Christmas music. Wonderful. Will you give me that? Oh, yeah. Yes. Best best Christmas album I own, and I own quite a few. I, I will, but I have a friend who grew up without it. I agree, although the music is not really Christmas-related, which I think is interesting. No, I have a friend who grew up who had never seen the Charlie Brown Christmas special, and she got introduced to the album as an adult, and she's like, oh, it leaves me cold. Ugh. I can't handle it. I don't like it. So I wonder... Again, I think objectively speaking, it's it's I, li- I like his piano style. I like the arrangements. But I also wonder how much of it is also I, I, I strongly associate it with seeing and enjoying the, the specials as a child, too. Does it matter? I haven't seen that in years. I don't even remember the music. Yeah, there's adorable cartoon characters dancing in your head. Sort of dancing. Our daughter is currently obsessed with the Charlie Brown special. So we've seen it every night for the past five nights, I think, at this point. <laughs> it's a great 
yeah. though it's a great album. It, it, that's I, I present enjoy rapping music. That's that's what I put on when I go to rap presents, and it's it just that's what puts me in the spirit. That's the official oh. start of the Christmas season. Okay, so Steve, you say you've got a lot of Christmas music. What what's the stuff that you have that you like? Oh, there's actually, you know, I'm. I was gonna say I was surprised because I sat down to do my usual intensive preparation for this <laughs> podcast, <laughs> and uh, and I was expecting to dig out a couple dozen songs that I really, really didn't like, and I found a few, but mostly as I was kind of strolling through the Christmas genre of my iPod, I I, I just kept finding song after song that I that I would say, oh hey. I like that song. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah, that one's a classic. Oh, yeah, this is great. And eventually I had like maybe 30 songs written down that I liked, which I will not go into detail on here. But it it surprised me a little bit because I I do generally kind of think of a lot of Christmas music as being overly schmaltzy and, uh, Mm. you know, really saccharine and kind of all by a template. And yet there is a lot. and, And it's not just stuff that I remember hearing when I was a kid, although there's an aspect of that. Um, but there's a lot of holiday music that I really enjoy. So I was very surprised by that. Your heart grew three sizes that day, Steve. It really did. <laughs> there, you're right. It's a com- there's a combination of nostalgia. There's the stuff that you were around when you, when you were a kid. And that's that's a part of it. Because especially as a, as a child in the holidays, I mean, obviously you form a lot of impressions then. But then there's the... Then there's the you know, your shift to the pop music kind of Christmas. And I, I remember for me, people of a certain age, and this is a little bit like saying, uh, do they know it's Christmas? But when when that uh, very special Christmas anthology uh-huh. came out in the, was yep. that the mid to late 80s? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Something like that. That was that was that moment of like, ooh, pop stars are making Christmas music. And I think I have the one on iTunes. Actually. Yeah, yeah. And that was my, uh, that that was that moment where it's like, oh, there's this whole other genre out there. And, and so I have, you know, I've got, I've got a little from column A and a little from column B, right? I've got some stuff that I consider sort of classic and standard, and those are more nostalgic and older. And then I've kind of like over the years collected Christmas songs and holiday songs from bands I like or, you know, or songs I heard and I thought were pretty cool. And that's like a, in a totally different different category. So it's a little a little from each is sort of what I what makes up my my playlist. I don't even have a playlist. <laughs> and how do you know it's Christmas? Bob Geldof would like to know. <laughs> it's because there's no snow in Africa, Monty. That's how yeah. we know. As soon as there's no snow in Africa, you know it's Christmas. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't really do anything that's all that Christmassy. We don't even really exchange gifts in our family anymore. We just sort of get together and have dinner. Ah, humbug. Wow. <laughs> Not that I don't like it. I, I I enjoy the fact that people are excited. Are you on this episode to denounce us? Is that what you're here for? <laughs> She's a crypto Christmas fascist. Yeah, sleeper cell in the war on Christmas. <laughs> I actually, I only found songs that I liked. I didn't come up with anything I disliked. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not, not bah humbug. I'm, you know what it is, guys? I'm just lazy. Christmas is work. She's Erica humbug. Oh, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. So I don't wrap presents and I don't decorate anything, but I, I enjoy all the Christmas lights that are all around that other people have put up. <laughs> yeah. That other people put up. <laughs> all right. So, to, so to answer your question, Jason, which we kind of got away from, yes. and, and I'm not going to go through my whole list because then, then it's it, a draft it forever. Yes, then it's a draft, and we, God knows we don't want to do drafts. So a few from the uh, the nostalgia category. Uh, I'm a big fan of Holly Jolly Christmas, which you already brought up. Yay. Mainly because Burl Ives' voice is the sound of Christmas to me. He's got just an utterly magical mm. voice, and, and is probably the closest we will ever come to having Santa Claus sing us a, a Christmas song. 
I am no longer the anti-Steve because I completely agree. Oh, see, Phil, Phil and I are both exchanging yeah, notes here. It's, <laughs> let's stay positive for now. I, I want to hear what Steve likes and we'll go around. Okay, and- then I won't mention what, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh. Phil will probably disagree with all my other ones too, and then we can duke it out later. Yep. Okay. Yeah. In the spirit of the holidays, sure. This one, uh, uh, a bit of a guilty pleasure. I'm a fan of the Chipmunk song. Oh, Christmas God. Don't Too Late. <laughs> Hey, we are still on the same wavelength here. There is a specific uh-huh. reason for that, though, and that is I remember one Christmas as as a lad not being able to sleep. You were dropped on your head. Waking up. Well, there is that. That's okay, Steve. This will be great when they write the angry letters about you on this episode, so go for it. That's right. Uh, it, just being up at two in the morning, not being able to sleep, and trying to find something to do, and that came on the radio, and just being so so happy and and in anticipation for what the morning would bring and there was this goofy song with uh you know alvin simon and theodore and uh you know just made me really happy and it still does that's one of those ones that can bring me back as can the barking dogs version of jingle bells (laughs) oh sweet god (laughs) i think steve might be trolling us i can't wait to hear what songs you don't like yeah i'm no longer on board (laughs) come on though how can you not like the barking dogs doing jingle bells i have ears yeah yeah no, I, I don't love it as a song, but I love it as a. If you as... say the Porky Pig version of uh, Blue Christmas, I am going to reach through the microphone. <laughs> well, how about if we go through uh, just the classics here, and if there's a, like more modern ones, we can talk about those like later, because I don't want to just take over the podcast with my awful. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then there are the classics. I will bring up the classics as well, um, and mainly for me, the the classic Christmas songs that really, really work are the two nights, Oh Holy Night and Silent Night. Both of which are just just have such a beautiful kind of sad sounding melody, and uh, you know I've been I've been an awful atheist for my entire life, but for some reason those songs both kind of choke me up a little bit. They, they hinge on the interpretation. They hinge heavily on the singer. Oh, that's true yeah. too. Oh, that's absolutely true. Especially Oh Holy Night. That is extremely. You were absolutely right there. But uh, when done properly, both of those songs can make this non-believer feel almost moved. Phil, are you referring to Cher there? I am referring to Cher. Um, <laughs> also, Mariah Carey does a version of Oh Holy Night, which she, she sings well enough, but it's it's basically, listen to my, my multi-octave range and despair, humanity. Loud is the new good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really quite bombastic. Uh, whereas, you know, Silent Night, that's a, that's a, I particularly enjoy the Dinah Washington version. I like the Mahalia Jackson oh, one. Well, it's beautiful. Yeah. Teach their own. David, do you have some favorites? Oh, God, yes. I mean, I always loved Christmas music because I grew up with, you know, my mother was a, a choir director at church. So every year you had all the classic hymns and, and you know, I'm trying to figure out what modern stuff you might work in there. And uh, so, I mean, I'll just assume all the traditional Christmas carols. But then the more I got into theater and doing sound design in theater and every year you have a Christmas show of some sort. So I just I would gather more and more Christmas music. And find all kinds of cool stuff. And um, so, I mean, Vince, obviously. Uh, the Di- Diana Krall Christmas album became a perennial as soon as that came out. It's like the whole family was just like, ooh, I like that. Hmm. And, uh, you know, when, when you have a three-year-old going, play the jazz album, play the jazz album. Hmm. Like, okay, you got it. And uh, I love the New England Christmas Tide collections, which are... Um, Classic Christmas carols played on antique instruments and authentic instruments from the period when the songs were written, which is kind of cool. And uh, a couple of years ago, we did a show where 
I just decided to to use the Blind Boys of Alabama as the music. Had nothing to do with the story, had nothing to do with the setting, but I was like, this is fantastic. These people need to hear it. And and actually the the owner of the venue where we performed after the show, she came up to me and said, I respect a man who knows exactly how to use the Blind Boys. Hmm. It's like, all right, cool. Uh, so yeah, their their album "Go Tell It on the Mountain" is just fantastic. Um, and then uh, the the one odd one that I love, uh, PDQ Bach has <laughs> a a consort of Christmas carols, which are three songs: uh, "Good King Kong Looked Out," "O Little Town of Hackensack," and my my personal favorite. Throw the U-log on Uncle John. Throw the U-log on Uncle John. Throw the U-log, throw the U-log, throw the U-log on Uncle John. And it all depends on where you put the comma. And the whole song is just about doing horrible, horrible things to Uncle John. So yeah, it's it would be great to see the, the faces of the traditional carolers when you started singing that. They're like, oh God, that's horrible! Hmm. Stop! So... You know, I don't think Uncle that. John would like it either. I find it's best to get the Yule Log in Uncle John, if possible. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And I got to say, we in Louisville, we have 106.9 WVEZ playing the, the, you know, the 24 songs over and over and over again. <laughs> Except they also do a contest where if you hear Jingle Bell Rock twice in a row... Be the third caller. Oh, my God. And, you know, usually my kids are like, let's do the contest. Let's do the contest. And this is a contest where both of them are like, why do they keep playing that song? God. And so, yeah, we stopped listening to that real quick. Yeah, that's like incitement to murder. <laughs> the mm-hmm. Listen to Jingle Bell Rock. Well, oh, twice. oh it could be worse. But I, I'm, I, I did, I'm trying worst. to stay positive here. I actually like Jingle Bell Rock. <laughs> All right, yeah. let's go to you, you Erica. You can tell us about things you like, and then and then later I'll talk about how Jingle Bell Rock is uh, a sign of the apocalypse, but not now, because we're staying positive now. That's right. I actually quite like um, a lot of those sort of, they're not classics, but they're not particularly new songs, sort of the, the middle era that Johnny Marks wrote a ton of Christmas songs. He was Jewish, but apparently he specialized in Christmas songs. Go figure. Irving Berlin. Like Neil Diamond. He wasn't busy on December 25th, so he did a lot of songwriting then. <laughs> I don't love Jingle Bell Rock. It's just one that I, I'm okay with, but stuff like Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, um, that that one's a Johnny Marks song. Um, he also wrote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which is fine. Um, and weirdly enough, Run, Rudolph, Run, which Chuck Berry recorded, which is not one of my favorite songs, but I, those are the kind of radio Christmas songs that I'm, I'm more okay with than some of the more obnoxious, poppy, Mariah Carey-style ones. Uh, but, but what I really like is bands that I like 
writing Christmas songs because yep. so often they are not in any way traditionally Christmassy or not even necessarily happy. I mentioned earlier a couple of Weezer songs. They have two Christmas songs. One is called The Christmas Song and one is called Christmas Celebration. And they are both incredibly depressing, which is something you might expect if you know how Rivers Cuomo works when he's writing songs. Uh, but the the Christmas song is about a, a, a fellow who is waiting for a girl uh, who had, didn't show up even though she said she was going to. Like, one of the main lines of the song is, here I sit waiting beside the tree all by myself. Like, that's my kind of Christmas song. <laughs> it's depressing. And Christmas celebration is just kind of about how annoying Christmas can be, and it refers to Santa as that man is so obese he can't get out the door. Um, it's just it's just not nice. But, but I do like some of the happier types of those songs as well. Fountains of Wayne has a song called I Want an Alien, Alien for, for Christmas. Alien for Christmas, yep. Which is just, it's just upbeat and, and fun. And it's its the the narrator of the song is basically asking for an alien the way a little kid would be asking for a puppy. Um, and Written for Hanson and never recorded by boy band Hanson. So they recorded it themselves, which is why it's very kid-like. <laughs> yep. And it's just, it's charming and delightful and wonderful. Um, I, I like a few of the classic Christmas carols as well. Like, for some reason, Up on the Housetop was always my favorite song to sing when I was in elementary school. My mom was an elementary school music teacher. So occasionally we would get her to play the piano and, and we could have little sing-alongs in the basement. But my dad really hated Christmas carols. So for the most part, we didn't listen to them in the house a whole lot. But we did get to hear the Nutcracker Suite over and over again because my mom loved that and my dad was fine with classical music. So that to me, the Nutcracker is, is the sound of Christmas. Mm. I'll have no up on the rooftop in this household, young lady. <laughs> <laughs> click, click, click. <laughs> you carolers, take it outside. Do you have to like stand out in the yard and bring the boombox to hear? Don't Christmas get no figgy pudding out of me. <laughs> I'm imagining the poster for "Say Anything" with John Cusack yes. with a little Santa hat on. <laughs> yep. I think that's actually how caroling started. Is somebody said, "I don't want to hear that stuff. Go outside, walk around, and say <laughs> take it. it to the neighbors. <laughs> Maybe they'll like it." But actually, my favorite Christmas song uh, is from Mystery Science 3000. It is a Patrick Swayze Christmas, uh, which I know uh, Jason mentioned one, yeah. when he was. Uh, talking about Santa Claus conquers the Martians. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was actually a sing along in my household for a few years. I I was I was a member of the fan club back in the day. I sent my money off to Best Brains, and in return, one of the the perks I got was a a, a videotape with a plain white cover that was uh, called Play Misty for me and had a bunch of the songs collected. And I think that's the only VHS tape that I saved when I moved. That's the only one I still own. In the early days of Mystery Science Theater fandom, I was the first person to transcribe that for Alt-TV MST3K. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Those are the days. Monty, what do, what do you have as favorites? I like a mixture of what I'm going to call classic Christmas songs, like I think all of the Johnny Mathis, Andy Williams, or Dean Martin songs I have are Christmas songs. Like right. I can I can get behind Tony Bennett sing, singing Winter Wonderland. I'm pleased by that. Yeah. I don't want an actual Winter Wonderland because snow is weird and foreign to me, but <laughs> you know, somebody else claiming to enjoy it, I, I like. And then I also, for some reason, really like kind of alterna folky Christmas songs. Uh, there's this one song, The Christians and the Pagans by Dar Williams, that is a really good, I think, explanation of why Christmas is nice, although it's also an explanation of why winter solstice is nice. And it's just about families getting together, and it makes me feel warm and cozy. 
But but yeah, I like myself some Tony Bennett or Andy Williams just in this part of the year. Yeah, I've got many artists that are those classic artists that I don't have a lot of music of, but I've got their Christmas stuff and I and I like it. It yeah, there's something about it. It's 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 good and and uh comforting in some way. Nobody's mentioned it yet, so I will say that Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues with Kirsten uh, I had that on my oh, list to talk mention about. That. There yeah, aren't nearly enough Christmas that. songs containing the phrase, you're an old slut on junk. <laughs> <laughs> I first heard that song like only like four years ago or something. I'd never heard it before. And Andy Anotko, actually, because he on his website, he does his musical advent calendar, advent calendar. every year. And I and uh, that's a great song. It's mm-hmm. like a it's like you're taking a, a journey. It's like a whole story yeah. that happens in yeah. that song. It's a pretty awful story too. Yeah, well it is, but it's amazing. <laughs> it starts out in the drunk tank with the guy dying next to him on the floor. I saw Shane McGowan live a few years ago and I could not make out a single word he said. <laughs> so I was free to pretend he was doing all my favorite Pogue songs. Sure. I love that song, but I I feel like it's kind of the cool person's version of um, Auld Lang Syne, which is one of the 24 mm. songs that gets played on um, mm. that gets played on KOIT. And, and, you know, the whole Auld Lang Syne by Dan Fogelberg, where, where it's basically, I've run into oh, my ex-girlfriend same, in the grocery same store. Oh, you mean same Auld Lang Syne, you mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've run into my ex-girlfriend <laughs> in the store, and my life is so much more awesome than hers. And we had a drink in the car, and I got to feel sad and then write a song about it. And I, I actually wonder why there aren't more songs like that. <laughs> Because <laughs> it seems like it would be a really fertile genre, but in some ways, I feel like Fairy Tale of New York is kind of the the, the incredibly cool person's version of that song. I, I still love the song. Don't get me wrong. I, I just see parallels. Hey, Monty, Lisa thinks you're really cool. I do. Well, clearly, it's true. She thinks you're a poser. Is what she said. <laughs> also <laughs> that. <laughs> and for some reason, I notice a lot of the Christmas songs I have on my list aren't actually about Christmas. Like. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Oh, it's the secular take, thing. Yeah, It takes place during winter. Same for Winter Wonderland or Frosty the Snowman. Well, there's that divide. There's the traditional religious, you know, and uh, hymn-based uh, music. And then there's the secular holiday winter festival music. And they've all kind of mushed together in the popular culture. But they're definitely two different genres. And I, and, you know, you, you listen to the lyrics and if they're very... Basically about a messiah, then perhaps they're in the one camp, and <laughs> perhaps have yourself a merry winter solstice. Yes. <laughs> well, I feel like there's three categories. There's the straight Jesus type, like "Do you hear what I hear?" or "Silent Night." There's Santa-based Christmas, and then, ah. like I say, there's just vague winter. Maybe it's cold. Oh, yeah, Santa-based Christmas. You're right. You're also you're also forgetting the commerce-based songs like Silver Bells and oh, yeah. and uh, and uh, it's green Christmas to look a lot like Christmas, yeah. But uh, I, I agree with Monty's basic uh, delineation of the the yes, Christmas his taxonomy of Christmas. Yes, yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. I'm glad we structured Christmas so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa, what about you? What are the what are the ones that work for you? What what kind of stuff do you like? Unfortunately, Phil and I don't have very similar taste in Christmas music. Fortunately, um, I asked you first, so you, yes. he has to just sit there and <laughs> grimace. He just refilled his glass, so I think he'll be okay. <laughs> it's beginning to look a lot like scotch. Yeah, I should mention my dad was in the my my dad was basically uh, the the big tenor deal in our church choirs growing up, and my brother always played in orchestra and band and jazz ensemble and all of that. So we grew up listening to a lot of um, or- orchestral arrangements, and I could probably hum you the entire Nutcracker Suite in my sleep. But I still really enjoy it, and I enjoy the modern mandolin quartet's interpretation of the Nutcracker Suite. It's just this very light, very pleasant, um, 
very sprightly take. It's not excessively saccharine. It doesn't get all all Russian and bombastic. It's it and it's light and bright and something that I can safely play in in you know mixed creed audiences, as it were. And to me, that's the quintessential Christmas soundtrack. Um, some of the other songs on my list, I consider "Under African Skies" by Paul Simon to almost be a Christmas carol. Hmm. Just because it's got the beautiful verses about you know Joseph, um, Joseph and Mary. Uh, you just like Christmas in. songs about Africa. I do. <laughs> <laughs> all of that category. It's all Lady Smith Black Bombazo around here. Jane Sibbery's got a beautiful song called "Calling All Angels" that I, I like to play around this time of the year for the same reason. Um, it's just this really pretty, um, and I always play it kind of tandem with "What a Year for a New Year" by Dan Wilson because those songs are, are are about taking stock of of your life. As the planet turns and we and we reset the calendar, um, Neil Finn has "Sweet Secret Peace," which I think is beautiful. I like to listen to that one too. Um, I love Nancy Wilson's version of "What Are You Doing New Year's Day?" Uh, excuse me, New Year's Eve. Um, and this year, I downloaded Kurt Smith, formerly of Tears for Fears, or perhaps still of Tears for Fears. I don't keep up with them, but he did a song called "This Is Christmas" that I, I've, I've really been enjoying too. And for my daughter, um, there's an artist we like to listen to, Elizabeth Mitchell who has just released um, a collection of old American folk carols. And there's like 24 of them. And it's it's just, again, it's very gentle, very folky, very low key. And they've got some traditional ones like Low Hour, Rose Air Blooming, Mary Was the Queen of Galilee, um, and Children Go Where I Send Thee, which are all classics that I like. And then they've got a couple others that I hadn't heard of before. But I've, I've been enjoying that album too. So... It's, it's, in other words, it's pretty much the opposite of what Phil listens to. <laughs> All right, Phil, it's your turn. Let, let, let us have it. Oh, I, I see it's Cranky Uncle Bastard's turn. Well, oh, no. Just well, saying. let me tell you, you children. See, you, you would not Christmas believe the negotiations we Asia. have to go through when we, when we try to listen to music. It, it's alternating. It's, it's, well, I'll, I'll play the type here and, and, oh, come on. and list the, 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 the Christmas songs I kind of dig that, mm-hmm. um, uh, you you can't necessarily play in mixed company. Um, <laughs> I like Father Christmas by the Kinks. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Which is a wonderful song about privation at the holidays um, <laughs> and robbery and robbery. Yes, thank you, Monty. Um, I like I won't be home for Christmas by Blink One Eighty Two, which is a, a a peppy little song in which our our hero is thrown into the clink for for Christmas. Um, I Hate to See Christmas Come Around by uh, Jimmy Witherspoon, which is a nice little blues song about, oh, I, he's got troubles, Jimmy Witherspoon. And, uh, you know, uh, it's that's very enjoyable. But I, I also like songs that don't make you want to open a vein. <laughs> so I like uh, Mele Kalikimaka. Uh, Chris Isaac's version is quite uh, quite peppy and delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I mentioned uh, Dinah Washington's Silent Night. Uh it's not really a, a Christmas song at all, but Hepcat's Holiday by Cats and the Fiddle is is just a, a delightful little tune. And that, that gets me in, in a holiday spirit. I won't say which holiday. Um, I like uh, the Bare Naked Ladies, Sarah McLaughlin uh, uh, mm-hmm. jam on God Rest Ye Merry Oh, Gentlemen. I like that one too a lot. Well, there you go. See, we do like things. Aww. This is true. Hey, it's the season. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. Oh, we don't like that. <laughs> you were the one who originally suggested that we actually bring in a whole bag full of inappropriate instruments. I meant inappropriate instruments, not a jingle bell. <laughs> I was going to bring in Morocco's and a, and a, and a mouth harp. <laughs> Where's the my alpine horn? Uh, you know, please come home from Christmas by uh, um, uh, I think Charles Brown does the version mm-hmm. I like uh, 
Bring that Cadillac back. Oh, this is back in the, the sad Christmas songs mm. by the Doc Bagby Orchestra. Lit, woman, you done wronged me, so so give me back that Cadillac I gave you. <laughs> is basically the theme of that song. It's sort of like the sequel to Santa Baby. Yes, it's it, it's like it's like the 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 bitter echo of Santa Baby. Quite right, Steve. Thank you, and. Um, I like your All I Want for, for Christmas by the uh, Persuasions. That's a really uh, nice oh, tune. Oh, yeah, I love it. So, yeah. Every time you played it for you, it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So there. there. Right. Those are the proper Christmas songs to listen to. to <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> celebrate Christmas the Philip Michaels way. So noted. So noted. A fistful of bourbon and, uh, and a heart full of hate. Is that what you're drinking right now? Yes. Oh. Yeah, there you go. You, you know you want an album called Christmas the Phil Michaels way. I do, or cranky Uncle Bastard. It could also be called. Or so. fistful of bourbon. Well, yeah, yeah. Listen to that. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I've got a few um, that I wanted to mention. So I, I have Frank Sinatra's Christmas album. Um which which that Frank Sinatra swinging Christmas is that it? Phil, you would know. Uh, Sounds he, about right. He he produced a lot of Christmas albums. I I like to envision Sinatra would walk into the studio and like we're we're doing this in one take, baby. Boom, boom, boom. I've got a gal back in the hotel room and storms out. And so yeah, he he. he I've got to deck the holly. Come on. I have a jolly Christmas from Frank Sinatra, which is is a a couple of the tracks are really great. Um, and our pure Frank Sinatra voice and Christmas music, and it's just magic. And then there are the the ones where it's very much like the producers are like, oh, I don't know. And it's totally laden with uh, backup singers and everything right. that's a sign of something terrible. Right. That is every that is every Sinatra <laughs> Christmas album, because I have uh, Christmas with Sinatra, I think it is. And it's a lot of his early stuff. But it uh, there, there are songs that the Samanex backup singers join him. Oh, for. my God. <laughs> it's quite, it is quite Because you really want to cover up Frank's voice. That's- yeah. Especially his his early voice when he could still sing, and there, there's a version, there's a there's a cut on the album that I have where it's Frank Sinatra sings you the Lord's Prayer, which really does not, <laughs> which does not, does. <laughs> regardless of what you think of the Lord's Prayer, and and I'm in favor of it generally, listeners, but uh, <laughs> I, I, not really not really singable. No, it is. <laughs> It is. My uncle actually sang the Lord. He's an opera singer. Sang the Lord's Prayer at a couple funerals and made me cry. So well, if you have somebody who's okay. really good, it works. Well, your uncle is better than Frank Sinatra. Than Frank saying. Sinatra so. doing his one take and then storming out of the studio <laughs> yeah. to go uh, nail uh, Ava Gardner. <laughs> the, the Frank Sinatra, you take you take the rough. You take the. Uh, I actually enjoy doing a shuffle that includes the entire album because you'll you'll get it and you'll be like, oh Frank, and then the, a couple tracks later you're like, oh no, oh <laughs> and Frank, no oh, Frank, no. No, don't do it. So there's that. Uh, Nat King Cole's Christmas album. I mean, obviously, you're, you're there for Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, the Christmas song, which is a classic. And that's one of those that hits me, uh, you know, r- right right in the heart. That's just uh, that that that's uh, that's the sound of Christmas for me. But there's some other nice stuff on there. And that, again, is a nice traditional Christmas album. Lots of Chris, lots of uh, traditional songs. And uh, I, I like that one a lot. 
Um, I'm not going to go negative yet, so I'm not going to mention that thing that's terrible. Uh, some some songs that I like. Uh, Eric already mentioned Fountains of Wayne, but I really like their song "The Man in the Santa Suit," which is about mm-hmm. a, a sweaty backup Santa who is called into action went because the first uh, Santa has has uh, gotten right. sick. Uh, that's really enjoyable. The the life of a of a of a department store Santa. Um, I I uh, enjoy Guster's Carol of the Meows, which in many oh, ways is yes. the modern updated version of the Barking Dogs. Well, then it's all right with me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, which is the Carol of the Bells, except with uh, meows. Sung by cats. No, it's sung by men who are singing like cats. It's delightful. I must find meow, this. Meow, 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 the, meow. Yeah. The story is that alt rock uh, or, or kind of alt folk band Guster, when they were releasing one of their albums in the heyday of Napster, they released a version of it on the internet, properly labeled. But what they did was they replaced all the vocals on it with the, them just meowing instead of the lyrics. And... Uh, and uh, it became actually kind of a cult hit, and it was later released as a meow-only album on iTunes. Anyway, they they did a uh, Carol of the Bells version uh, with just meows, and it's actually delightful. Um, I enjoy Spinal Tap's Christmas with the Devil far more than I should. <laughs> and you know, that's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. There'll be no Father Christmas because it's evil's holiday. That's you got it. <laughs> See, I don't feel so bad about Uncle John now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I really enjoy um, a song called I Hear the Bells by Mike Doty. That is a kind of oh, un-Christmas yeah. Christmas song that I really like. Um, I insist the bells are ringing by They Might Be Giants as a Christmas song, even though other people like Lex Friedman disagree. I find it very Christmassy uh, and a and a condemnation of uh, Christmas commercialism. And I, I bought uh, John Jonathan Colton and John Roderick's Christmas album last year, and I thought it was... Uh, you know, it's uh, the batting average is about half really good songs and half kind of meh songs. But um, the good ones are great, including a fantastic song called 2600, which is entirely about me because it is about a kid demanding only one thing for Christmas, and that's an Atari 2600. So nice. Those, nice. those are songs that I like a lot. There you go. All right, let's get negative. I've I've got a few I've got a few more positive I got a few oh, more okay, positive. Oh, okay, Steve. Shout We're outs. back to Steve. I remembered a few. We've too. wrapped it all the way around to Steve. Okay. You all refuse to adhere to my uh, totally arbitrary way of partitioning out the podcast. I now have to sneak in later with my more modern songs. Go for it. Although I forgot to mention one that I like uh, for as a kid, which is um, John Denver and the Muppets doing oh, Christmas yeah. is coming. Oh, yes. oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. which is sunging around with Miss Piggy Scooter and Gonzo over this bouncy little Caribbean rhythm. <laughs> it's a very good album. Some of the cuts don't hold up so well. Yeah. After the years, but that that one is a that's sensational. You know, the song about Scrooge from Muppet Christmas Carol is very good, although I don't really think of it as a Christmas song. I guess I should because it's about Scrooge, though. I was always a little disappointed they never did a rendition of Please Daddy Don't Get Drunk This Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Phil had heard that song until he married me. No, I hadn't. And I've grown, I've actually grown, I used to not like it and now I kind of do. It has its points. What I love about that song is the children's chorus that kicks in at the, anytime you bring a children's chorus into the song, the potential for it to go horribly wrong is is just trembling on the precipice. But, But every once in a while it's deployed to great effect. You know, the thing with Please Daddy Don't Get Drunk This Christmas, I I don't know what the big deal is. I mean, Daddy gets drunk and Mama cries, but he really doesn't do much other than roll in late 
And no, knock maybe, over the Christmas tree, though. Yeah. Maybe barf in a stocking and pass out under the tree. <laughs> but he ain't hurt no one. Let him be. He, no, no. He knocks over the tree, Steve. Pay attention to the lyrics. He, Christmas he, trees fall over pretty easily. Mine fell over twice while I was putting it up. How much were you drinking? None. I was <laughs> drinking none. I, th- I think Steve's point is he's not an angry drunk. He's no. kind no. of a he's but, kind of a lighthearted cordial drunk who right. might be invited on podcasts <laughs> to talk about Christmas music. And so that you're he saying it's like. his uptight wife who has a problem with yeah, him falling maybe, into the Christmas tree? Yeah. Is that where we're going with maybe, this? Maybe it is. Martha. (laughs) (laughs) Lay off of John Denver, Martha. Those are bold words from a man who needs a ride home. Is this what you were hoping for, Jason? Yeah, it's spot on, Monty. (laughs) All right, good. Uh, Some actual modern stuff that I was going to mention. I really like this tune by Gorky Zygotic Monkey. It's a Welsh band. The song's called Christmas Eve. Uh, and it's just the world's prettiest little acoustic guitar melody. And uh, and then at the very end, they come in with this sort of angelic sounding vocal. And all he sings is the star you fell in love to comes out on Christmas Eve. And, and it just somehow perfectly evokes standing out under the stars in a snowy field with your with your true love on Christmas Eve. And it's a, just a nice little song. Um, I, I've, I enjoy uh, a song by Elvez called Feliz Navinata which is a mashup of Feliz Navidad, which I I think you just can't not be cheered up by Feliz Navidad, and uh, Public Image, which bizarrely works perfectly with Feliz Navidad. Uh, so that's a good little tune. Um, uh, also a big fan of Thanks for Christmas by, I think they call themselves the Wise Men, but it's actually just XTC, which is uh, just a perfect pop Christmas song. It's got this wonderfully beatle piece of music that would have been a great tune even without the Christmas elements. But then they also throw in the, the bells and the harp and this totally cheesy lyric that nonetheless sounds kind of heartfelt. So I'm a big fan of that one. And uh, lastly, uh, I think I have to mention Bob and Doug McKenzie doing the 12 Days of Christmas. <laughs> And a beer. Oh, beauty. Eh? On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me beer. Beer in a tree. <laughs> Five golden toques. Yep. Four pounds of back bacon. Got I like that tube. version because they speed the song up. Yes. Yes. I get pretty impatient with parodies <laughs> of 12 Days of Christmas because it just takes so long to get to each new line towards yeah. the end of the song. They get to day seven and I think they just jump straight to welcome to day 12. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get negative now, Steve? Oh, yes, we can. I, I believe the, the, we can. This, in many ways, is like a Christmas gathering where everyone tries to be nice for the first hour. And then, and then turns ugly. Sends into <laughs> and then everything fisticuffs. goes to hell. That's right. Yep. I was going to say, I did I did remember two other things. Um, oh, David. Duke, it's, it's quick. It's All quick. Right, go ahead. <laughs> Duke Ellington has a fantastic nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> and his music's not bad either. <laughs> That's right. Zing. <laughs> Uh, but seriously, no, it's it's a wonderful setting of the Nutcracker. And um, The Bobs, Too Many Santas, is just a lovely album of very silly songs, including uh, they have one with Jonathan Katz as a guest vocalist called Santa's Got a Brand New Bag. That is, again, just delightful. All right. Now, okay, here here it comes. Here comes a bad stuff. Now we can talk about things that are bad. Can I? Can I just pause it? And I realize this may be going out on a limb, but that that uh, in Christmas it's a marshmallow world is the worst Christmas song ever written. No. I had never heard of that no. until you had brought that. it up. It's quite bad. No, no, no. no but it's it's no yeah, Christmas it's, shoes. Oh, don't give away the ending. Oh. <laughs> I had never really heard it before, and then I was listening to my uh, my television provider. 
also has you know digital music channels, and uh, we had it tuned to the uh, Christmas channel, of course, as you do. And this was a few years ago. This was like five or ten years ago. And um, and this song came on, and and I I was increasingly horrified. The Dean Martin version, I'm thinking of, and <laughs> yeah. it is the laziest, mm. saddest, oh, yeah. most pathetic set of lyrics. It's it's it, yeah. To 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 continue the Sinatra metaphor, where he storms into the studio, does one take, and storms out. Dean Martin sort of staggers into the studio, says, "Hey, Pally, let's sing a song now." And then he does the <laughs> the song and does his one take. And how was that? That was great. Okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> and so, the, uh, yeah, I'm going to go watch Mo- Frank Nail Ava Gardner. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, Marshmallow World at Christmas. That is that is Dean Martin at his Dean Martiniest. Yeah, not a fan. I think that no. one's bad. That 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 actually is the thing that I have the most. Uh, impatience for um other other than um yes the uh pop star pop album where they take some song that had some sort of nuance or meaning and they belt the heck out of it and they do a lot of different runs and stuff to show that their voices are great and completely miss the point it's like you're talking about jessica simpson i feel i was uh, i was gonna go back to mariah carey but sure yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That works too. We have too. a Jessica Simpson track from when we did the compilations of like the worst and best. We do because we, we used to send out CDs. We have to I Christmas. saw mommy uh, kissing oh, Santa Claus. Oh, it's the Claus. worst. I hate that Carol anyway. But, yeah, it, but there's but, not a good version of that. But Jessica no, no. Simpson's brings it to a whole new level of of disgusting and awful. Yeah, that, trying to make it soulful. No, trying to make it sexy. Yeah, like she's kind of like she's kind oh, of man. hoping that Santa will gesture Ew. her over, and then there'll be some elf so, on elf yeah, on Santa it, action. If there is ever Ooh. a song that you say, you know what? Let's not make this one sexy. It's uh, I saw mommy <laughs> kissing Santa Claus. Let's not sex that one up. Well, let's talk about I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus for a minute, because for me, that's probably the worst of the worst. It's pretty bad. The Jimmy Boyd original sounds like he's singing with one of those huge old timey clothespins clamped over his nose. And that's, (laughs) that's bad enough. But the Spike Jones version, which is sung by grown man, George Rock is utterly (laughs) egregious. I implore you to listen to the Jackson five version. Yes. Uh, Which, which is all right because they're doing the Jackson five thing where they're all spinning around and it's it. And, and Michael's (laughs) and and this is Michael at his, at his, at his youngest and cutest. And he's belting it out, and, and everyone, he's not quite weird, and and he's but it, oh, it goes weird right yes. at the end. Where I'm gonna tell my <laughs> that daddy, was the moment. and, and oh, then you God. started thinking, oh God, Joe Jackson is gonna beat his wife into Joe the Joe Jackson is gonna beat everyone year. singing the song with <laughs> him, my with daddy, a sock full of oranges. They're the ones that should be singing. I hope Daddy doesn't get drunk. Yes, yeah. that's that Spike <laughs> Jones business though, with the fake giggles and the oh boy, oh, yeah. is yeah. creepy as hell. <laughs> He sounds like he's being castrated as the song is being recorded. Even if there was a good version of that, the, the story that unfolds through those lyrics. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. it's like Santa Baby, which is mm. my, my other bugbear. Santa Baby stay. is so they bad. They did make a terrible TV awful. movie based on the song I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Oh, dear. I believe starring one of the kids from Home Improvement. Of course they mm-hmm. did. I mean, this child has clearly stumbled onto some seriously kinky stuff going down in his living room. It's like a David Lynch Christmas. (laughs) Honestly, it could only be more disturbing if there were a fourth verse about dad standing behind the Christmas tree snapping Polaroids. (laughs) (laughs) I have a cuckolding fetish. Don't judge me. This This is is the only way I can be jolly, son. Exactly. He's just seen his own father cuckolded by jolly old St. Nick. Merry Christmas, everybody. Wow. I believe believe the subtext is... Is that Santa Claus is actually Daddy in yes. dressed as Santa? Yes, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Oh, and look, he's so innocent. He the kid innocent. has no idea. 
Yeah, we yeah. know that. It's more fun to, to make a Bob Crane joke. And, and what's he to make of the presents now? That's right. Yeah. Keep quiet, Jimmy, if you want to keep the train sets coming. <laughs> Your mom's a real ho-ho-ho. It's the lyric, what a laugh it would have been if Daddy had only seen. Listen, kid, there is nothing funny about Daddy being humiliated on Christmas Day by a ripe, jolly old elf. Unless he's working through some Oedipal issues, yeah. and in which case this is, this is the best Christmas ever. My father exactly. rival is being humiliated. Yes. I believe it was Sophocles who wrote that originally, <laughs> where Oedipus finds his mommy kissing Santa Claus and then blinds Santa Claus. Wait, no. He's going to need some serious therapy someday. Wow. I, I have a theory that this song is actually being sung not by a little boy, mm-hmm. but by a, a middle-aged man uh, weeping, oh no. Oh no. tears and mascara pouring down his face, and he's singing it to another man who's gagged and tied to a chair. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> How are you enjoying this podcast so far, Jason? <laughs> Merry Christmas! It's great. Yeah, all the stuff that I get to edit out—that'll be awesome too. <laughs> We're live on Five by Five. Yes, everyone. that's right. Enjoy. I hope all eight of you are enjoying this flashcast. Yeah. No. No. Definitely not. <laughs> also uh, consigned to a circle of hell, I would say, are um, the happified lyrics of something like I'll be home for Christmas. Oh yeah. Which I always I always found offensive because that is a sad song. Wait, there there's a happy version of that? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, most of them have been happified. Yeah. You know, that it's uh, I'll I'll be home for Christmas and you know you can count on me and it's all like I'll I'll be home for Christmas literally and it's like no 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 I'm no, on the no, United no, no. flight right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it, we're, originally it was about servicemen, like, overseas. Not being home for Christmas. Exactly. Well, Except in their in dreams. dreams I know. They changed the words when, That's what, was wrong. it Bing Crosby? They re-recorded it with changed words to make it more positive oh. and happy. They also, they also do that with um, one of my favorites, which is Have, Have Yourself, Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Because the original version, as, as sung in um, Meet Me in St. Louis, is actually kind of grim. Because mm-hmm. it's about, hey... Uh, I'm never going to see my loved ones again because we're all moving to different places. E- exactly, we're all to- the, we're all being flung to the the four current corners of the earth, and death waits for everybody. But that that the lyrics get changed over the years. Wow. Okay. Well, this has gone into very strange places. So let's continue on. Uh, do uh, bring out your dead. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Is it time for us to talk about the Christmas shoes yet? Not, no. Not, not okay. yet. <laughs> Save it for the end. <laughs> we're going to go to Erica and then we're going to go to Monty. Erica, mm-hmm. go ahead. Um, actually, I couldn't think of a lot of things that I absolutely hated, except that I'm, I'm right with you, Jason, as far as the, the radio songs where it's just some pop star showing off. And that just and they don't the even know. Me. Yeah, it's just they're just singing. The, it's the modern version of the Frank Sinatra swoops in to record something <laughs> where it's like, oh, is this it a is. song? OK, I've never heard it before, but I'll sing the heck out of it. OK, I'm going to go. Where's my paycheck? Yeah, exactly. That bothers me. And actually, um, speaking of radio stations that play Christmas music, I was in Edmonton with my spouse last Christmas and they have not one but two stations that play Christmas music. Wow. Continually all month long so as we were driving around town which we did quite a bit uh we uh, i liked to flip through the radio stations while anytime i'm there to just kind of get an idea for what the different music is like in canada and it's not that different but we heard a lot of christmas songs and almost every time i just wanted to change the station right away because it was often one of those obnoxious songs but the one song that that came to mind and 
oh, he's going to he's gonna hate me. Because we would drive around and Stephen would say, I just want to hear Feliz Navidad. I just want to uh. hear it. He was so excited. And in my head, I'm going, oh, please don't play that. That's the one song I do not want to hear because uh. I can't stand it. It just gets on my nerves so much. Yeah, you're the anti-Steve. Yep. We're back to, we're, I'm back to being anti-Steve. Yep. Good, good. All is right with the world. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I feel like we've we've done a good thing here. So so let's move on to Monty's negativity. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y felicidad. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. Yes, Steve, high five. I hate you all. My spouse Steven is listening right now. I'm sure you just made his night. <laughs> and ruined everyone else's. You all right, Steven. And he didn't yeah. even have to go to Edmonton to uh, do that. <laughs> The two songs I hate the most are, unfortunately, two that Erica said she liked. (laughs) (laughs) Jingle Bell Rock and Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree infuriate me. Let's talk about Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. Oh, I wanted to talk about Jingle Bell Rock. (laughs) Well, let's talk about both. Okay. (laughs) There's no rocking in either one of them. (laughs) They're cynical, cynical songs written by people who just wanted to appeal to those darn teeny boppers. Said, well, if we call it Jingle Bell Rock, Bell Rock, that's like writing a rock song. <laughs> the least rocking song ever written. Per- perhaps the worst uh, Christmas song lyric ever is Giddy Up, Jingle Horse, Pick Up Your Feet. <laughs> it is bad. I can't argue with that. It's just catchy. I like catchy. It is catchy. It's evil, but it's catchy. Is what we're saying. Phil, what is your what is your grievance with rocking around the Christmas tree? Which one is the one that Hollow Notes does? Jingle Bell Rock. Oh, Jingle Bell Rock. Then my grievance is with that. All I right. implore you with me. to hunt down the 1980s video that Hall & Oates did <laughs> for for Jingle Bell Rock. Oh, boy. Because God bless uh, Oates. <laughs> God bless Oates, everyone. John Oates. He has a name. The director clearly said to them, all right, uh, Hall & Oates, you're, you're, this is very festive and you're at a party. Then they're wearing ugly sweaters. Uh, before that became an ironic thing to do. Hey, you're you're at a party and it's the best party you've ever been at. And Oates said, Oates took that direction to heart because his face he is method. his face is frozen in this rictus of of merriment. His mustache <laughs> might just be weighing his muscles down. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and they are dancing around and having a and having a grand old time, and it will it will haunt your your dreams <laughs> as you watch that. Please. <laughs> Find it now. Pause this podcast. Everyone within the sound of my voice, go to YouTube or go to, to VH1 and find Hall & Oates singing this song. Mm-hmm. Though both of those songs had that feeling of, it was like, hey, the kids have this new thing, the rock and roll. This is what Monty was saying, the teeny bobbers. It, let's do songs like that, but but about the, about the holidays. They're, they're, and they couldn't even be bothered to write a new song in the case of Jingle Bell Rock. Just somebody's in an office somewhere saying... Uh, we need a Christmas carol that the kids will listen to. You yeah. know, something like Jingle Bells. But, but with rock. I don't know. Jingle Bell Rock. Oh, my gosh. Lisa's actually watching the YouTube video now. <laughs> it's delightful because they have poor John Oates buried under a pile of presents. And <laughs> I feel like all I, of the visual sight gags that go along with I, looking at hollow notes. I oh. feel like I am watching a person watching the human centipede as she watches this video. <laughs> what does it take? Like six presents to bury John Oates? 
<laughs> it does. That's the, that's that's the saddest part of all. Is they're all like thin paperback books. It's the method of modern love, Lisa. Oh my gosh! And then you've got Daryl Hall with his with his with his pants hitched up to right below his nipples, and they're green. Oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> his nipples are green. It's Christmas. <laughs> How did that happen? They are. That's he the really worst needs to see a doctor about that. Oh, well, one's red, red and the per- set that in. and the perma smile. Uh, <laughs> so yes, Monty. One's red and one's green. Yes, that's uh, Oats has been bumping into and they him all flash. night. Okay, Monty, do you have more um, negativity? Not off the top of my head. I'm willing to pass it on. I'm sure there's other negativity floating around. Fair, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> David, do you have particular things that you would like to uh, complain about? Well, I have two. One which has bugged me for well i close to 40 years i guess it's it's almost that old um paul mccartney's wonderful oh, christmas oh my god <laughs> we've hit it this yes. is the landmine and i know this is less lex friedman's it's lex friedman's least favorite song of all time <laughs> you know that dude yeah. could write a good song if he wanted to oh exactly steve yes simply uh, wonderful, wonderful christmas, christmas time, time. Simply having wonderful, wonderful Christmas time. time. Repeat that forever. You know, though, that part is actually okay. Forever. That, that little melody is not horrible, but yeah, everything it's the, it's else about that song, song that, is that really... absolutely dreadful. And, and you know, it's like he had one line and he went, hey, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it, it got to the point where uh, when, when my wife and I were first dating, that was one of those things that bonds a couple. You know, it's like, oh, that song. Brought together and by she, hate. That's like a deal breaker if they do like it. She made me write a parody of it. And so that was. That's punishment like, enough. <laughs> and that parody turned out to be our wedding vows. <laughs> <laughs> but now I realized you could sing John Lennon's Happy Christmas War is Over against simply having a wonderful Christmas time. It's a counterpoint. It's really creepy. If you work in Ringo Starr as I want to be Santa Claus, then you've really hit the track. <laughs> I'm still working Santa on that. I have a team. <laughs> By the way, Christmas Time is Here Again by the Beatles is actually a much worse song than simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Uh, he, uh, Ringo did a version of that on his uh, most recent Christmas album. It's shocking to think that Ringo would try to live off the glory of the Beatles. <laughs> it is. It's kind of hard to believe. I don't like the phrase most recent Christmas album. Yeah. I have to say, I found a new song, or a relatively new song, a couple of weeks ago that, I don't know, it might be even worse for me, Christina Aguilera's cover of The Christmas Song, which, it's, I mean, again, if you can hear this, go and listen to it, especially the holiday remix. That's the even better version. <laughs> as it's, opposed it's to almost the, as if. Uh, but, but, but it's the Christmas song. How could there be a holiday remix of the Christmas song? <laughs> I know. It's, 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 it's for the it's, it's for and, the club kids. I, I would have thought that the, that, that the red and green drugs would have clued them into the time of the year. I don't know if, if Mel Torme or Nat King Cole, like, drowned her puppy when she was a child because it's it's like she wants to take this song and pummel it into submission it it's every vocal trick times 10 you know if she does a trill she'll do 10 trills at once (laughs) with a backbeat and it i mean it's worse than all i have all i want for christmas is you i mean it is suddenly mariah carey is not so bad anymore well, I refuse sure, to hear str- that. But no. strong words. I'm yes. sorry. That sounds, no, doesn't make no. Sense go, to me. go listen to it, and then and then you'll curse me for it. I'm sure Mel Torme isn't that mad because he wrote the song, so at least he's getting paid for what she's doing <laughs> to it. 
I think he's indifferent, actually, since he's say, dead. Yeah, that was my next yeah. question. Does he even have an opinion on that? His heirs are, are not but, that mad. You yeah. shut up. Mel Torme isn't dead. Harry Anderson <laughs> is still pissed on his behalf, so. Wait, there you go. are we talking about the Velvet Fog? We here? are. Man. A love nickname that. he hated, I believe. He will live forever. Mm. But is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. All right, um... Should we talk about the Christmas shoes now, Phil? No. What? <laughs> haven't talked about Santa Baby yet. No, we haven't talked. Oh there's a, man, there's a lot to go through. You you want to you want to cut this off? Everyone else gets to be negative. Let me rephrase and, and... that. Hey, Phil, I believe you've got a whole bucket of negativity coming. <laughs> Why don't you pour it out and let us all just witness? Actually, Jason, I'm full of love and happiness. I'm I'm very happy to be here, <laughs> but my wife is fuming, and I think she oh. wants to talk about things that she hates. I feel you've put me in the spot here. No, I just wanted to talk about how much I hate um, Santa Baby, yeah. which, which is one of those songs that no one can ever do right because the basic and fundamental message of the song is disgusting and gross. That's true. And yet within that, mm-hmm. within that spectrum, you can do it really, really, really badly. Yes. Yeah. W- which is to have the affected... Uh, it's kind of, I feel like, you Betty know, you Boop know I, I'm, not the, I'm not the one who introduced the human centipede into this podcast, but I, <laughs> oh but I feel like it's kind of the human centipede of Christmas carols. I can't wait to hear how this goes. Where you just have to decide what level of awful is Santa baby going to be? <laughs> Madonna awful. Oh, you know, I think I heard Jessica Le- Simpson do a cover of it once yeah, too. I which think was- Leah Michelle does a version of it now. Ooh, every 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 lady Shantusi does a every lady Shantusi who's ever desperately needed to know that she's pretty does a cover of it. Yeah, you know it's validate me. So although I do have to point out that Human Centipede is one situation where you don't want anything to hurry down the chimney. <laughs> <laughs> I just checked, and you will be glad well. to know. Glee has done Santa Baby. Oh, thank goodness. Have. Yeah. Ryan Murphy's a force for evil. Why wouldn't he have done it? So um, I just like that one. I um, have no opinion on Baby It's Cold Outside anymore because, I, Key, because no. Key and Peele laid that to rest with their wonderful, wonderful takeoff. No, no, no. We need to discuss this. This is very important. I was ready to, to let, uh, you know, Baby It's Cold Outside go because, you mm-hmm. know, everyone does the, hey, this song is kind, kind, of, of, date a, rape. kind of about date rape. Herf, derf, herf, derf, oh, yeah. derf, derf, I was going to no. mention that. that, that no, that's it's a, not. Yeah. Yeah, a little, little bit. I, I think society had given up on that song, or I thought it had. Mm-hmm. And then last year, Lisa, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to get emotional on this podcast. <laughs> last year, John Travolta. Oh God, that's oh, right. That was my awesome. Lord. <laughs> and Olivia Newton-John did a, did an album of Christmas standards. Yes. Yes. I Wait, what? And they did, baby. It's cold outside. Oh, God, yes. All of this is true. <laughs> except, except, except. John Travolta is the person who's I hey I gotta go and Olivia Newton John's going no I think I'm gonna put no I think I think we're gonna we're gonna get busy tonight and I I've locked all the, the doors locked from the outside and, and you're trapped with me and John Travolta's going I I don't really think of you in that way and Olivia Newton John says. Grease is the word, baby. It's his own fault. He's the one that made her tramp up at the end of Grease. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And 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 John Travolta's all, oh, save me, L. Ron Hubbard. And and Olivia Newton Johns is, yeah, no, that's Your God is dead. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's like the heartwarming version of misery. No, you know? seriously. It really is. Listen to that song and listen to John Travolta's tired voice as he's just trying to go, I really can't stop. He's like singing it through sobs. Like, I agree with you that it sounds like a, it sounds like a hostage video. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. However, I in think- the video, John Travolta is blinking his distress. 
<laughs> I stand by my I stand by my assertion that Key and Peel have definitively laid the date rape uh, question to rest with their takeoff. Mm. And I, I urge everybody to look for, for, for that on YouTube. And just to awesome. be clear, you're listening to Human Centipede, the worst <laughs> Christmas podcast ever. I'm the Human Centipede. <laughs> that's, that's the title. Thank you, Jedi Wig Knight in the chat room for <laughs> suggesting the title that can't what be spoken. The title? Oh, that's awesome. oh. You know, that same gender swap to Baby It's Cold Outside was done by Lady Gaga and Joseph Gordon-Levitt in mm-hmm. what I'm sure you... Remember as Lady Gaga and the Muppets Holiday Spectacular from like a week and a half ago. I, I get the feeling that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is probably down for a lot more things than John Travolta is, though. Like, he seems to me like he's an adventurous young man. You know, John Travolta had like a genuine note of terror in his cover. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not a good song. No, that, that was no. maybe the only decent moment in that whole special. Oh God, that gosh. was a depressing I, special. I think, no. Um, oh, there's also – oh, I really hate um, – there's one called Mary Did You Know? That comes on occasionally, and it's basic. And and the whole premise of the song is, Mary, are you aware that the baby that you're holding is going to be horribly crucified in approximately 33 years? And and do you realize what a grave responsibility it is to take this tiny child and look at it and realize that you're going to watch him be tortured to death for salvation? Did you know that, Mary? Are you okay with that, Mary? That sounds uplifting. Yes, yes. It's and like the dude who brought brought myrrh. Yeah. Is that while she's giving birth in a manger? Like immediately no thereafter when she's like all hormonal and stuff. He's like, Mary, uh. did you know? And and I just – and whenever somebody sings it, they're trying to sing it reverently because you're supposed to be, you know, thinking about big thoughts and, and salvation and so on and so forth. And what it really comes down to is it would be tantamount to someone coming to see the mother of a newborn and saying, by the way, Sid strikes one in 200. You know, it's just this this horrible, <laughs> grim – and and they play it on the radio like it's supposed to be this big spiritual apotheosis. Oh, my gosh. I hate that. So we've had a lot of fun tonight talking about <laughs> <laughs> various talking things. Talking about SIDS and um, human centipedes. Well, I don't understand and, why people listen to that song. And, like, and, and, and date rape. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few points I want to make before we get to the Christmas shoes, and that is um, – Celebrities, if you're listening to this podcast, and Stop I know that singing. I know that you are, please we hate you. When they come and tell you <laughs> you've got to you've got to make a Christmas album, said just say no. Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I live in say theater. no, and when they say, "Hey, Rosie O'Donnell, that Christmas album was great. Make a second one, please." At that point, say no, <laughs> and and please, whatever you do, don't do a duet with Elmo. I kind of live in fear of the day that you decide to to punish me by introducing that to our daughter, though. Oh no, that's not going to happen. Okay, that's not going to happen. <laughs> do you Be- promise me? I have to live in that house too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Rosie O'Donnell and Elmo sing. Uh, Do you, you hear, hear what, what I, I hear? hear? Yes. And what mm-hmm. what what you will hear is horror and mm-hmm. and sobbing. <laughs> I for one think Elmo has a lovely singing voice. No, it's it's like a call and response, Jason. That's how they do the song. Mm-hmm. As big as a kite. It was a star, Elmo. As big as a kite. As big as a kite. Yes. What does the king say, Rosie? <laughs> Said the little lamb to the uh, to the shepherd boy. Oh, to the shepherd boy. The shepherd boy? That's right, Elmo, a shepherd boy. And it goes on like this for like hours, it feels like. You know, he yeah. was a baritone before he met Kevin Clash. <laughs> <laughs> a young castrato named Elmo. After sing. three years of watching Elmo's World every morning, the only thing, every every morning when Elmo's World came out, I would just go, No, Mr. Noodle, the barrel goes in your mouth. <laughs> and, and no, the child did not get in trouble for doing that at daycare. 
Thank goodness. We haven't reached that point in our life yet. I, I have reached the point where I, I now say, oh, good, Elmo's in this episode of Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank, th- thank God Elmo's here. For a while, it's okay because everyone will quiet down because it's Elmo. Yeah. But then the Stockholm Syndrome. Oh. So you got your problems with your Rosie O'Donnells and your Kathy Lee Giffords cutting Christmas albums that <laughs> no one wants to hear. You got your problems with your hipsters like your your Flaming Lips and your your Martina Sabera's doing their... Oh, you really hate that Martina Sabera uh, Most Wonderful Time of the Year song. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. Where, where the hipsters can't even be bothered to say, it's the most wonderful time well, of gets the she year. Gets- Oh. Yeah, there, there's a part in the song where Martina Sabera actually, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. I don't I, think you I care. Don't, I don't care. No. And and she just like lets out this plaintive sigh like, oh, I'm so much better than this material. Yeah, well, not really. <laughs> but I think the thing, and we could talk about the, um, 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 the Pikachu Pokemon Christmas album. <laughs> I think people know enough to avoid that. What I don't think, what I think people don't avoid is a song I like to call The Christmas Cat. (laughs) (laughs) The Pillsbury Doughboy just came in here? My God, George Rock, he's back from the grave and he's listening to this podcast. The, The Christmas Cat is a song about a cat. Whose mm-hmm. who's, uh, cruel bastard owners throw him out into the wintry night oh. because I guess he's being a cat or, or something. Because They're, he's Zito. Yeah. And um, they throw him out into the wintry night and there in the snow drifts, he meets a mouse. And um, he says, hey, Mr. Mouse, I'll cuddle you and, and, and keep you warm. And during the course of the song, the cat freezes to death. But the mouse lives and, and, and Santa comes. Which makes no sense. Yeah. Because the ratio of, of – of, of, anyway, the, the heat exchange I don't know. doesn't work out in the mouse's the, favor. Maybe they cut saying. out the lyric where the, the mouse guts the cat like a tauntaun and sleeps inside. Climbs I don't inside. know. I How come the song isn't called The Christmas Mouse? But, uh, Is the mouse like bigger on the inside than on the outside? Is that how that would work? At, the, at, at a certain point, the mouse um, is rescued by Santa because, you know, Santa – and um, and everyone cries. It's there's an actual <laughs> lyric said, and everyone cried in a Christmas song. And wow. Santa says, "Well, because this cat gave his life, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to use my Santa powers to assume him bodily into heaven." As I didn't realize that was in Santa's charter. Santa, Santa oh, yeah. can do that. He can do that. I didn't realize yeah. that was he laid a finger. Santa's mission statement. It's because Christmas is a very religious holiday, and therefore yeah. Santa has those powers. Yeah. No, no need to get there earlier before the no. cat dies. No. Or, or bring him back. No. Yeah. Well, Santa, Santa had some things. Well, it's not like he has powers that allow him to travel around the world in one night. <laughs> he can't get there in time. He, he could have done the thing that Superman does in the first Superman movie where he starts flying around the word ba- world backwards so that it reverses. They wouldn't he have to deliver all the presents again, though? Yeah, I guess Santa's just being a lazy bastard. I I think he's got quite a job to do. So, so anyhow, if you're planning on listening to the Christmas Cat, don't. That's my advice to you. <laughs> but of course, okay. now that I've heard you talk about it, I have to go listen. Well, yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I don't. I definitely. I've heard don't. it, so I'm safe. You can go. You can all listen or not listen to it at catcarol.com. <laughs> oh, I'm not kidding. The whole site. That is Suddenly, exciting. Grandma wow. and the Reindeer yeah. don't look so bad. Good God. I can't think of another song that we'd want to mention, certainly not one that involves footwear. Can you buy these shoes, sir? A Christmas Cat is available on CD with a beautiful four-page full-color booklet insert. <laughs> what? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> It's the reason, the reason for the, for the season, season after all. Oh, no. <laughs> wow, we all went for that joke. Uh, <laughs> woo.
Oh, it was that I go back to the human centipede, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sequel. Yeah. Before we get uh, Christmas cobblers involved, I want to express my incredible dislike for, and this is probably going to be an unpopular choice because apparently some people like this, but those people are wrong. Uh, I really detest Christmas wrapping by the waitresses. I don't know what it is. Somebody mentioned it on Twitter today, oh, and I've God. never even heard it. Merry Christmas! Oh. Merry oh. Christmas! Out of curiosity, Christmas. where were you in the eighties? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. I'm serious. We're, because it, it was. I was often, in the Midwest. Okay, because it was often played on on like Christmas Eve on most of the local rock stations because that was the closest they were allowed. Well, remember we weren't allowed to listen to Christmas music in the house. Ah, that's right. So I've never heard well, it either. So barely. What music. you've never heard? Well, oh, you should God. consider yourself lucky. It is. It's got a horrible melody. It has that awful, awful, repetitive uh, chorus. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. But I think, think I'll miss this one this year. Merry oh, Christmas. God, Merry just, Christmas. Oh, maybe stop I it. Have oh, I have it. heard that song. Oh, no. Yeah. Shut up. Oh, I, I didn't know the name. That's okay. Boo. I'm having flashbacks of one holiday season. Oh, man. There's going to be a punch out. It's got these terrible lyrics. The whole thing is about just this flaky lady who... Wants to get together with some her life and some other keep, flaky keep guy, but she can't really lots. be bothered. <laughs> oh. yeah, I have worst, heard it. Man. I just blocked it out. Yep. Lisa, Steve was saying terrible things about Christmas wrapping. Do you, you have know, a rebuttal? No, because people are allowed to like and dislike different songs, mm-hmm. and that is just fine by me. Mm. That's wow. why they make two flavors of ice cream, I guess. Yes, exactly. Because some people like <laughs> terrible ice cream. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Look, I can see. I can see where the criticism is. Um, you know, Steve is right. Where the lyrics are, are basically this over this 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 overbooked broad with a rotten grip on her social life That's spends right. all year running around like a maniac. And there's this trite little oh, it's a Christmas miracle that I ran into my hookup and at the A and P on Christmas Eve. But you know, you forgot the cranberries too. You forgot cranberries too. Oh and, no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I, I think to enjoy that song, you have to enjoy the waitress's yeah. uh, particular approach to pop music. Which yeah. is to say it's this really I, – I get the feeling that the waitresses, if you describe them, it's a lot more enjoyable than if you actually listen to them, you know, because they also have that song, I Know What Boys Like. Yeah, that it was worked for I Know What Boys hit. Like. Yeah. It oh. works for the Square Pegs uh, theme song. Mm-hmm. For this, it's yeah. just – it's a little too much. And it just it, – it feels like it goes on for about 20 minutes, this song. Because it like covers all four seasons. It's recounting the year. It's like Stevie yeah. Wonders, I just called to say I love you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't actually have to do that over the course of a year, though. Or Neil Sedaka's <laughs> Calendar Girl. <laughs> 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 and, a, and a shiver goes through the podcast. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, I'll cop to liking this song, but I can also see where, where lots of people don't, and, and that's perfectly fine. I used to do, when I did stand-up comedy, I used to do a bit, and I'm sorry to even bring this up. I used to do a bit where it was Neil Young would sing Neil Sedaka. <laughs> and so I had Neil Young singing Calendar Girl, and it is a miracle the audience did not rise as one to tear me from limb to limb. Because <laughs> that that is just, that's a terrible, terrible bit. Future stand-up comics don't do that one. All right. Where have you been Comedy all my killer. life? My goodness. <laughs> all right. It's time It's time to wrap it up with the Christmas shoes. <laughs> Phil, please take us out. Uh, so it was the... Um, sing the Christmas shoes. No. No. <laughs> it was almost Christmas time. <laughs> wow. 
I can only do like six seconds, and then we have to pay those bastards royalties. Yeah. So I never knew Satchmo did that song. It's no, well, he does. You're supposed to sing it as Neil Young. Yes, do it in another line. <laughs> you know, you never hear anybody doing a cover of that song. No. And and that should tell you everything you need to know about it. Well, it's perfected, really. I mean, honestly. No, well, no. But look, there's even, there are even covers of Christmas rapping. For example, um, the band Say Ferris actually did a Jewish version of Christmas rapping mm-hmm. where they talk about what it's like to be Jewish through the month of December. And they set it to, to, to that song instead. Titled was... Christmas Chachmacha. <laughs> To me, that means there's like a little bit of cultural resonance when people take the song and try to make it their own or redo the lyrics. Like with Christmas shoes, you a- don't see like Christina Aguilera trying to sing it. A&P just provided me the world's flattest latka. That's <laughs> <laughs> frying in the pan nice and hot. Ive, guess what I forgot? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, dear. So let me take you back to 2000. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, let's go back to 2000. Good old 2000. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving in on the highways and byways of Virginia with my new bride, and um, we have on Wash FM, one of the uh, radio stations that plays Christmas 24 hours a day. And um, they go, the DJ comes on and says, hey, here's a song. We've been getting requests for this all, t- all day long. It's called The Christmas Shoes. And we listen to this song, which is, um, if you haven't heard it um, – a little bit controversial for the holidays. It's a song about a young man who's uh, waiting in line to buy a Christmas present for his mother because his mother's dying. And oh, um, the mean, heartless bastard behind him in line, he doesn't like uh, – he's 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 kind of grumpy around Christmas time. But he hears this kid's uh, sob story and he says, oh, I've got to help out this kid. And uh, so he kicks in some money to help this kid buy a pair of shoes for his dying mother. And um, the coda of the song – Thank you, God, for killing yeah, this movie. The code of this song, I think we have to quote it exactly. Let's not paraphrase. New song put a lot of effort and thought into writing this. And um, this is what they came up with. And now I'm blanking on it. Jesus Christ. Um, it's probably because because of that stare you got for going bah, 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 a few minutes ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I'm finding yeah. the lyrics. For you <laughs> look up the lyrics for yeah. me. Yes. Two pages of notes. You didn't look up the lyrics. No, I didn't write down the <laughs> no. song because I thought. Would it you like been... me to read you the lyrics? <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> I knew I'd caught a glimpse of heaven's love as he thanked me and ran out. I knew God had sent me that little boy to remind me what Christmas is all about. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another way of saying. Yeah, I was not really feeling the Christmas mood, but then God decided to kill this boy's mother. <laughs> and now I feel good For about me. buying And now presents. I'm feeling great. Taught me a lesson. It's get a horrifying the song. But the mouse lived. <laughs> <laughs> the point is that Santa Claus saves the mouse, but kills this little boy's mother. Like, murders are dead. And um, so we go, we, 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 we goes to my, my, my in-law's house for Christmas, and um, we say, man, we just heard this horrific song. And we're recounting it. Yeah, you know, and we're recounting it. insane. It's about shopping, and some poor kid is running around unsupervised when his mother's dying, and... <laughs> Instead of focusing on the a fact choir, that the I child men- is dirty and neglected and all that. I should mention there's a choir of children at the end singing the, the bit about, Sir, will you buy these shoes for and my then, mama, please? And then the song ends with this little child lisping, I want her to look beautiful if mama meets Jesus tonight. And that's how it ends, is like with a bell and this child lisping away. It's dreadful. And so we mention this and my father-in-law just grows ashen Oops. and says, that is the most beautiful song <laughs> oh, no. that has ever been written. You less left coast elitist. No, cynical left coast elitist. He called us, and he and dad was and dad was saying 
and bear in mind, my dad had was a, nav- a, vet- a naval veteran, um, had been on nuclear subs in Soviet waters, and he went and then worked in military contracting, as so many military veterans do. So all of his pals are like former army rangers and marines who had polished human skulls as I'm not I'm not making this up. They used to have polished human skulls that they used as like paperweights. And, and these are men who are generally of a viciously unsentimental term of mind. And apparently, like, all of them had been reduced to tears by this song because, oh, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And, and we get reminders all the time to watch out for those that are more vulnerable than we are. And my dad got so angry at us. He was like, you cynical left coast elitists. <laughs> so anyhow, <laughs> oh, are you saying he's <laughs> wrong in that description? No, no. that's the thing. No. Is, is he's saying that. And I'm like, was that supposed to mean something you think it's – dad, why, why, why are you acting like we should be a by over the <laughs> over the ensuing uh, twelve years, I yeah. think um, uh, the Christmas sh- shoes has has garnered its share of fans, has garnered its share of detractors. Oh yeah, um, they made a movie out of it, starring Sorry, Rob, Rob Lowe. Lowe. You watched it with my mom for the first time. Yes, because <laughs> I was out doing something, and you you walked- were you were out meeting a friend of yours, and yeah. I I saw it at your mother's house, and mm-hmm. and I I I was reduced to tears, but not of the sad variety. No, no. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the first movie is Rob Lowe um, learns a very important about uh, lesson about Christmas when uh, Kimberly Williams's heart explodes. Yeah. Um, and a little boy is orphaned. Yeah. But the important thing is Rob Lowe knows how to celebrate Christmas now. Yes. And mm-hmm. then in the second movie, the little boy grows up to be Doogie Hauser. Mm-hmm. And, and then in the third oh. movie, he's turned to Steve Sanders from Beverly Hills 90210. It's, it's just a long yes, that is, down for him. <laughs> that is like the devolution of man. Wait, 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 wait. There are three Christmas yes. shoes movies? Yeah. Yes, there are. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. And there are four Christmas shoes books. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Did you hear the uh, scare quotes around the word books? Are those there? books? <laughs> now I want a clarification. Are those books uh, based on the lyrics, or are they novela- novelizations, novelizations of the movies? Jason, no. I, gave, I gave Phil, I gave Phil the books as a stocking stuffer one year, um, and the and, and I believe I, I may have read a few chapters of one of them aloud to you one time when I was angry at you, and. Um, <laughs> We call those days weekdays. <laughs> There's a reading guide for them. You know, yes. so you can have it at your book club. Your book club. And it's 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 the most it's the most banal dreck. It's basically this, oh, in small towns we 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 often lose track of each other in busy times, but we have to remember what's really important and what's really important is apparently like regurgitating the path that you find inside of Hallmark cards where um the idea of providing for your family is secondary to appreciating your family and um People die and you have to find meaning in their deaths and it's just too bad that they die. But, you know, that's the way it is. As long as you've learned something, it's all good. And and ugh, it's just it's it's that values free morality where, where you, oh, I've learned something important. It really makes you think. And it's it's basically it's it, it's I, I, I can't help but think that the people who founded Upworthy were probably raised on these books. <laughs> You know, we killed this child's mother at Christmas time. Wait till you see what happened next. And, and, and it went from there. So. Wait till you see what Rob Lowe does next. Oh, yeah. No, it's just it's awful. And and the writing is pedestrian. And and I, I, I believe the books were based on the song and the movies were based on the books. Yes, that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, OK. All right. Yeah. So they're, they're not novelizations of the movies. No, no, no. no. Right. You can't bad. create movies like that out of thin air, no. friend. No. <laughs> Clearly. No, um, and apparently in an interview, um, Ian Ziring was like, look, the reason I did that Christmas Shoes movies is because SAG has really great insurance, but you have to work so many hours a year mm-hmm. in order to get the top tier insurance. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I wanted the insurance, so I did the movie. Thanks, and- Obama. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
But I appreciate that he was like really upfront with, look, I just did this because I get really great insurance. <laughs> because, you know, who, who who can't relate to the whole, well, you know, the job sometimes, but the benefits. <laughs> There's a lot of killing that goes on in those Christmas shoe movies. Someone is always dying. It's Someone insane. is always dying. It's like the body count is. Well, that's what book. I want to see at Christmas, too. Dying, yeah. dying. Well, every people. every Christmas song that doesn't feature good death is really mm-hmm. a Christmas song wasted, which I believe is why Patrick Swayze Christmas and the Christmas Shoes are the two greatest Christmas songs ever written. <laughs> See, this this is why I watch yeah. Die Hard for your your body count, your action movie, your Beethoven. Welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, I watch the Lion in Winter at Christmas every. But year. the mouse lived. Yeah, but the mouse lived. Can I just say that reading your spouse from the Christmas Shoes book? has got to be the lowest method of intramarital fighting that I have ever heard. And that's rough. And poor Phil was cooking at the time, too, so he couldn't just leave. He had to keep doing what he was doing. Well, he could have just left, but he No, didn't. no. Phil, Phil is a cook with principles. There might be seven of these books. Oh, my what? God. What? What? Wow. I thought I stopped at four. Well, the author has written seven books that all start with the Christmas something. <laughs> now I'm looking at Donna Van Leary. Blessing, okay. Hope, Promise, Secret, Journey, and Note. Oh, geez. Oh, wow. Wow. <gasps> There's the Christmas <laughs> note. Yeah, That's the right. They came oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, no. I am a cynical left coast elitist. I had no idea she had continued after the Christmas promise. <laughs> The Christmas se- what is the Christmas secret? Is the Christmas secret that these books aren't very How good? How many people Do have me? to die to make this holiday happen? <laughs> uh, the Christmas secret starts with a struggling young single mother saving the life of an elderly woman. Oh, boy. Hey, saving the life. life. That's that, different. That can't work. Oh, someone no. has to die. Someone's going to die soon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although, you know There's what? a war on Christmas, all right, and Donna so, Van Leer is the general actually, sending people into the, into the artillery. So what's really interesting is, you know, like when on Wikipedia, you can go through and find exhaustively detailed biographies on almost every character in the DC or the Marvel universe. You have an author who has managed to to knock out over 10 fictional books. And all it is, is Donna Van Leary is an American author of fiction, primarily novels about Christmas. <laughs> like nobody on Wikipedia wants to admit that they've read these books or have any idea what they're about or, or has any. That sounds like Steve, Steve's IMDB entry. I think we I think we I think we've revealed some of the editorial biases of Wikipedia. No, I think we have a, a incomparable listener challenges to fill out the biography of Donna <laughs> oh, Van Leary. Oh boy. Oh, oh my no. gosh, yes, please, please. And if you could do the bibliographies too, please write up summaries for these bo- for the Christmas books. They don't have to be accurate, they just have to be <laughs> Yeah, make sure make sure the body count is is well accounted mm-hmm. for. Is listed in each one, yes. That needs to be accurate. Wikipedia mm-hmm. has standards. So let's yes. summarize here. We have um we have said terrible things about a wonderful holiday. No, we've said terrible things about people well, singing about a wonderful holiday yeah. there's a difference you know honestly i was a little down on this holiday but now not so much because i heard that kid died so <laughs> <laughs> no the no, kid his... dies in the second one his mom dies in the first one a different child dies in the second one and the third one a mother is mowed down in a christmas tree market <laughs> yeah the kid lives the kid lives throughout he becomes yeah. a doctor well, he wow. would. It, it ends happily. But he leaves a trail of bodies wherever he goes. He's not a very good doctor. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he spent a lot of time in a hospital as a kid, so he just mm-hmm. feels comfortable there. Mm-hmm. And then he joined a circus. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you gotta <laughs> kill, kill the things, things you love. <laughs> <laughs> 
always enjoyed clowning as a child. It's a shame the buttons a clown did not um did not release a his Christmas, own album. Christmas album. Yeah. I'll be home Yet. for Christmas, oh, no. but I'm on the run for murder. <laughs> but I'm on the lamb. All right. Well, what have we learned? Nothing. <laughs> not a thing. Nothing. I think, were, I, I think there were some pretty good recommendations for for different. Before it all got ugly, yes, there mm-hmm. were. Yeah, there see, were some you, very you kept us relentlessly things. focused on the positive for a while. That helped. Yeah. Yeah. He kept it from going off the rails, man. For a little yeah. while. That was... <laughs> Said the man climbing from the wreckage. <laughs> I think the rail pointed directly to the negativity. I, th- I think in this podcast, Jason, you are the cat. <laughs> thrown out of the house right. late at night. And in this metaphor, I think that, oh, let's say Erica is the mouse that lives, I guess. All right. That's fine. Who's the shoes? <laughs> Steve is the shoes. I'll be the shoes, and- sure. And um, I'll be Christina Aguilera and uh, Monty is the cuckolded dad who <laughs> saw mommy kissing Lore and uh, and um, Lisa is uh, Olivia Newton John. I guess that makes me John Travolta. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, we look forward to your next career revival. Would you like to stay for a while, Phil? Uh, I think I need to go. Mm. Here, have another glass. <laughs> I've put another log on the fire, Phil. My mitochondrians are off the chart. <laughs> My pilot is waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I'm not interested. Since Phil just named everybody who was on, I feel like I don't even need to say goodbye to you by name. <laughs> And you guys wonder why I don't do Christmas stuff. <laughs> Just leave, all of you. I feel more festive. You've you. done enough. <laughs> all right, we've done enough damage here. We spread the holiday cheer. Um, we spread it. In some cases, we smashed it. But it was a lot of fun, and now it's over. And so I'd like to thank all my guests again, who Phil just identified by name and their roles here, especially Steve the Shoes. Christmas is ruined. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Pretty early in the year this time. And so we say goodbye to you, and thank you, listener, and wish you all a Merry Christmas. We hope you'll tune in next week for something uh, something special from us. And uh, to sing us out tonight, a very special musical number <laughs> by Steve Lutz. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> right, Steve? I can play that at the end, right? <laughs> if Yeah, you might want to throw it in the after dark. Oh, is it that bad? Uh, all right. it, it, no, it's not Maybe that we bad. should just say that we're simply having a wonderful Christmas time. We, we are. Simply having a wonderful, a wonderful Christmas, Christmas time. time. Simply. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Having, having a wonderful Christmas time. Christmas time. Lights, please.
Feel dirty though my chimney's spick and span And so I say Where 